Welcome to Reliving My Youth, the show where we look back at pop culture from the 70s, 80s, and 90s. My name is Noel Fogelman. It's not every day you have a rock legend come to your house, but Joe Bouchard, founding member of Blue Oyster Cult, did just that. Joe released his latest solo album, Playing History, last year. We touch upon that, as well as getting his start with the band and what they were called before Blue Oyster Cult. Naturally, the Saturday Night Live skit with More Cowbell came up. Joe talks about the impact that skits had with the band and who played him during that memorable skit. Joe left the band in 1986 and since then has been doing a ton of different things, you know, the solo albums, and it's pretty interesting what he's been doing. Here's that conversation with Joe. Silent. 
So I have a real rock legend in my kitchen today, Joe Bouchard, who is one of the founding members of Blue Oyster Cult and Blue Coop. And now he released his fifth solo album, Playing History, last year. Joe, thank you so much for coming. It's great to be here. It's yeah, one of the be perks here. about being, you know, both from Connecticut or living in Connecticut now. Um, how did you actually get moved to Connecticut? Um, years ago. Years ago. Um, I started on Long Island with Blue Oyster Cult. We were called Stock Forest. Uh, it was kind of a transitional name between our original name, which was Soft White Underbelly, okay. <laughs> the legendary Soft White Underbelly, right. who played the Fillmore before I was in the band. Then when I joined the band, it was Stock Forest. And then uh, uh, after we signed with Columbia, we became Blue Oyster Cult. And um, it, was a, it was a great run. So we had these different band houses on Long Island. We, you know, started in Great Neck, and okay. then we were eating snack, right. and uh, ended up in Port uh, Port Washington. Washington. Yeah, yeah, okay. all around. Right. And finally, I decided I was gonna, you know, have kids, and hmm. so we decided to move to Connecticut, and uh, lived in Stamford, then lived in Weston, and then lived in Kent. Okay. Yeah, I, I lived in uh, Stanford for five years. Yeah, and it was, when it was, it was a small nice. town. Oh my, it was a small town. Now you pay New York prices in right. Stanford. My uh, my wife teaches there now, and we picked Stanford because it was kind of in between yeah. where she was teaching in Queens, yeah. and I was in Bristol and ESPN. She got a job. I lived in the Cove, and then I lived right. in uh, Springdale. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. We, we lived right across from the high school for a couple yeah. of years, and we moved off, but. Now we're in beautiful Trumbull, Connecticut. Yes, but yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and so because we, we've been living here for four years, and we were renting the house from our owner, we just bought it now, so it's ours. So hopefully, nothing will break now yeah, and stuff yeah. like that. But uh, I, I'm always fascinated about how bands come up with their names, and you guys have a nice original name. How did you guys? Well, the band started in the '60s, right? Uh, my brother met the guitar player, Buck Dharma. Right. He wasn't called Buck Dharma. He was Donald Roser. Right. Donald Roser from St. James, Long Island. Okay. And they both went to engineering school at uh, Clarkson College okay. in Potsdam, New York. Right. Big hockey school there. Big hockey <laughs> yeah. school. And, um, but uh, they preferred to play in the band rather than hit the books, right. <laughs> you know. And after a year, a little over a year, they both flunked out. Okay. And then they ended up uh, playing in bands. Uh, it, it, the guitar player, Don Roser, met our manager, Sandy Perlman, who was the head of the student body okay. at Stony Brook. <laughs> okay. And he could get him on all the shows. Right. So he said, I want to make a band around you. And says, you know, you get the guys that you want in your band. And uh, he called my brother, who was out in Chicago playing in a blues band, and uh, came back to uh, Long Island, right. and they became Soft White Underbelly, which was uh, created by our manager, yeah. Sandy, who was a student of history. Okay. And Italy, during the World War II, was the Soft White Underbelly of Europe. Right. And uh, so they played together for about three years, made two records for Elektra, Elektra Records, uh, and they were never released. So meanwhile, yeah. I'm up at Ithaca College. I'm this, like, music student. Right. You know, I'm dying to get into the business. 
And I keep waiting for this new soft white underbelly record to come out. It never came out. Never came out. So uh, after I graduated from college with a degree in music education, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I was definitely going to go pro, whatever that was. (laughs) Whatever that was. I got a call in the middle of the night from my brother on Long Island. He says, come to Long Island. We're going to be... We're going to be touring with Led Zeppelin. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I said, okay, as soon as my summer yeah. job is done, I'll be in the car. I'll right. be down in Long Island, and we'll tour. Yeah. We'll make up rock stars. <laughs> so, I, so I finished up my summer job, went to Long Island, Labor Day weekend, right. the traffic. Oh, I can only imagine. L.A.E., right? <laughs> yeah. So I got there, and they said, oh, uh, the tour is not happening. I said, What? You know? (laughs) (laughs) So I said, okay, let's just dig in and, you know, pick up the pieces and, you know, make some music, which I'd always done, you know, with my brother since we were like 10 years old. We we played. um, And uh, so the manager, Sandy, decided that uh, the name Soft Underbelly had to be changed. Okay. And they, they had a couple of in, uh, yeah. other names. Right. Stock Forest Group was okay. one. <laughs> and uh, so we, we, we started hitting all the clubs, and we'd, we'd, we'd get booked in a club, and it would be like a thing where you have to play cover songs. Okay. So we'd just say, uh, this is a song by Glenn Campbell, and play one of our own <laughs> songs. Nobody would know. No, right. Nobody would know. And um, so uh, we started playing and started getting the sound. We started developing what would be the sound of Blue Oyster Cult. After a year in that band, sort of just kicking around, uh, you know, the coal mining towns of right. Pennsylvania and, yeah. you know, just uh, any place we could play, any place that would hire us. Uh, we did an audition for Clive Davis at okay. Columbia right. in the conference room, right. if you can imagine wow. that, in the conference room, played five songs as fast as we could. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he decided he was going to sign us. So then... We have this problem. We got to come up with a name. Right. You know, what are we going to call ourselves? Can't call ourselves Soft White Underbelly. That was '60s. That yeah. was Electra and right. Fillmore yeah. East. Right. Uh, so, uh, and we argued for I don't know a couple of months yeah. over what the name should be, and they're all terrible names. Right. Just terrible names. So finally, we were at a rehearsal, and we just took our two managers at the time. We locked them in a room. So you don't come out of that room till you, till you have the name of the band. Right. So they, they were in the room for about a half hour. It was quiet. They come out, and they say, we've got it. Yeah. Blue Oyster Cult. We go, oh. <laughs> and why couldn't we keep soft white underbelly? <laughs> well, I don't know. They're both ridiculous. Yeah. They're both ridiculous. Right. Well, they stand out, and that's so, what you want. <laughs> yeah. And um, Sandy had written a poem right. called Blue Oyster Cult. And it really, it was uh, supposedly about these aliens that come from outer space. And they yeah. go and influence the, the shifts of time right. and history. And uh, so these aliens from outer space w- were yeah. Blue Oyster Cult. That's supposedly the story. Right. <laughs> and, of course, I was like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? But Columbia loved it. Yeah. 
the advertising, you know, corporations. Yeah. Wow, we can do something with this. Right. <laughs> Maybe they were just, you know, telling our, our manager, right. yeah, what sure, want what he yeah. wanted want to hear. Yeah, right. But uh, they were right. They, it's, yeah. it's stuck, and uh, it, it stands out, and it's not Journey or Aerosmith, yeah. but it's Blue Oyster, Oyster Cult. Cult. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now you're younger than I am. When did yeah. you first hear a Blue Oyster? You know, it's what I was going to mention. That uh, I was ten years old. It was 1985, so it was almost, you know, the end of your time in the band. Yeah, I was in sleepaway camp, and one of my counselors. So he must have been probably twice my age, probably about 20 at the time, was playing Burning Fields. That was it. Wasn't it was a hot? Yeah, it wasn't. Don't be the reaper. Yeah, time. I, it was burning for you. And I was like, this song is really awesome. You know, because you kind of get influenced by you know old older kids or young adults at that time. And I asked, the, you know, the counselor was like, who was this? You know, because at that time, in '85, like Tears for Fears was my favorite band. Yeah, they still are. All and, those you know, 80s stuff like bands. '80s bands. You know, Sting was releasing Sting. his first you know album, and like Wham. You know, you know, I, I can admit, you know. I love all types of music. And then I'm like, it's like Blue Oyster Cult. It's like, do you have anything else? So I started listening. I'm like, 
this stuff's great. Yeah. You know, because my mom was more into like the R&B, Smokey Robinson, stuff like that. And also you, you kind of, you know, list or start to appreciate what you hear from you know, your parents and this and stuff like that. So I was like, wow, this is great. And I'll tell you, all in, of a sudden, it, from this perspective right now, yeah. I am stunned. Right. That our catalog has had the longevity. Yeah. You know, uh, a lot of groups from, from our era are just right. completely forgotten. Right. And uh, Blue Oyster Cult is bigger than ever. You know, the yes. catalog is is roaring on yeah. Spotify uh, and all the yeah. services like that. Right. And I was going to talk to you about that because you guys have covered, like, pretty much all the platforms. You know, albums, A-tracks, you know, cassettes, you know, CDs. You know, even like, you know, the Napster. All how, that how about when they took I the thought, albums and put them on CD? It was like, yeah. it was like getting a whole catalog for free for, for the company. You right, know, they exactly. just made billions. Right. And then, you know, now even like vinyls are making a comeback. Vinyls are back. You know, but like I, I was always, I mean, now it's, it's so funny. I appreciate, you know, the autograph CD you gave me. But now it's like there's no liner notes inside. With, with the old albums, you'd, get, you'd pull it out. You'd see it. You'd appreciate the artwork and stuff. But now with Spotify and stuff like that, you don't. Appre- I mean, it's it's so easy to get the oh yeah the music and it's you have it's the great. whole you hold the this whole thing is one of our things stuff, our right. manager talked about right. back in the seventies yeah. that you would be, have the whole history of music at your fingertips yeah and, he was right. and it's right yeah. it's unbelievable right. he said uh, songs should only cost a nickel right would be nice <laughs> yeah <laughs> I'd like to get a nickel for everyone <laughs> right. that's out yeah. there but. Uh, you know, we, we collect our pennies right, yeah. in the wheelbarrow. You know, right. wheelbarrow yeah. full of pennies and right. pays the rent. Yeah. But that's gotta be like a double edged sword for you. Like it's easier to get your you know, your work out there and more people to discover it, but you don't get any, you know, relative, you said pennies, you, you wanna get a nickel, so it's kinda it's kinda tough, right? Um like I said, it's yeah. still huge. There's right. and, and if you look at it this way, there's whole mm-hmm. parts of the globe. Right. I do a analysis. I'm one of those big geeky right. computer guys. Okay. I do uh, a- analytics okay. on my uh, YouTube views. Right. And there's whole sections of the globe yeah. that haven't been reached yet, but right. they will. It will. You, you know, China, yeah. right. India. Yeah. I, I get listens in Russia, so. What's going on? Right. Maybe, maybe it's, all those, it's all those hackers <laughs> yeah. who stumbled onto my music, music by accident. accident. Right. <laughs> yeah. So where, like, when you guys were like touring, you know, and you were, these are huge. Where was like the most exotic place you, you went to? In oh, I don't know. We 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 toured in Japan. That was okay. wonderful. Godzilla, of, of course. course. We yeah. had to do Godzilla in Japan. It. Right. Um, um, we did some tremendous festivals in, in, uh, England mm-hmm. and Germany and France. Um, we never got to, um, to, uh, Australia. I always okay. wanted to go to Australia, right. but that had, hadn't yeah. happened. And, yeah. You know, every once in a while, a rumor comes up, maybe you can go to Australia. Australia yeah. I was going to go open, open act, uh, open the yeah. show for, uh, Joe Lynn Turner. Okay. And he just needed a, a yeah. like a... A soloist yeah. to come out right. before he went on, yeah. but uh, that didn't happen. Yeah. You know, so right. you hear rumors all the time. Right. But still, we've got fans in Australia right. and and India. 
Right. Uh, I've heard of rock bands playing shows well, in India, yeah. and that 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 does happen. Right. That's yeah. Uh, I mean, so surprising. There's a India, big part uh, of the world we haven't explored going, yet. Yeah. We're it's, ready. It's a big world. Yeah. <laughs> but it's it's like it's it's like it's such a big world, but it's so much smaller now now that you, know, you can discover all right. this music right. you know, on Spotify and whatnot. But you. You were originally a guitarist, right? Before yeah. you joined the band, and they needed a bassist. Right? Yeah, yeah. I filled I, I filled the bill as a bassist. I played bass for about two years in college. Okay. Uh, it's like one of those things where I saw a band and I said, "Wow, I want to be in that band. That right. band is so good." And uh, so I saw the bass player in one of my yeah. music classes on right. Monday. And I yeah. said, "Boy, I loved your band. That right. was fabulous." And he says, "I didn't. I'm leaving." And I said, "Oh." Oh yeah. yeah, that was that was my entrance into playing what yeah. was Latin jazz for okay. about two years. Right. So I learned all the uh, the bass lines. I had charts and everything, you know, yeah. and I had a sort of formal education okay. in bass okay. before I joined uh, what would become Blue Oyster sure. Cult. It was it was a good run, you know. Yeah. But uh, of course, I loved the guitar, and, and my major in college was piano. Okay. I have. A degree in classical piano, so like I do all the instruments right. and yeah. love the stringed instruments. I'm the worst trumpet player <laughs> in the world, right. but I love I love brass yeah. and all of that, yeah. you know. So I, I I guess I can safely say I'm yeah. a multi instrumentalist. Right, and then on your play everything on that right after CD. The, ask you about now, how difficult is that? Just to like oh, it's do... easier than never. Okay, well for for anybody that right can just can you know know something about music, right. Um, yeah, it starts some of it starts with Garage Band. Actually, for this album, this yeah. latest album, I would get emails from a uh, music producer okay. in New York City and it would say like we need a song. Right. It has to be totally original and it has to be total clean no yeah. no co-writes or anything right. and I have to have it by tomorrow 11 oh. o'clock. <laughs> Piece of cake. <laughs> totally yeah. original. Right. By tomorrow at 11 o'clock. And uh, so sometimes he would send me these emails on Friday okay. and say, oh, I need it by Monday at 11 o'clock. Okay. Perfect. Two days. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'd write the music on yeah. Friday night. Right. I'd record it all day uh, Saturday, yeah. write the lyrics. Right. And then Sunday I'd sing the thing right. and mix yeah. it by Sunday night and then send it in yeah. on Monday morning. morning. So some of the stuff that's ended up on that album. Was that and it's, it's non-exclusive. So right. no matter what I write, I still get to keep, keep the it. publishing and well, everything on right. it. It's, it's a great thing. Yeah, you know? I mean it's amazing how far. Yeah, you can You couldn't gone. do that. Yeah, back in the seventies, you'd right. have to hire a studio exactly. at hundreds of dollars, dollars an hour. Right, it would probably take a week. You know. Or bring in session guys right. and all of that. Yeah. It just couldn't be done. But now, somebody sells, says, I need a song by Monday morning. I'm going to give them a song. Well, right. And you don't have to leave your house. <laughs> you know? It's, it's amazing. Like, the, the first song off, off of Playing History, Renaissance Man, that's kind of a, a note to Sandy Perlman. Sandy Perlman, right. my manager. The rise of a superpower 
owe, we all acknowledge that. We owe so much to, because he was smart. He was like a merit scholar, you know, one of those real brainy guys. And uh, a journalist, worked at Crawdaddy Magazine in the early days. That was the predecessor to Rolling Stone. Um, He had a lot of connections in the music business because he would write reviews for the magazine. And then he would meet the executives. And they'd say, oh, Sandy, we we loved your... your, your, Article on the Doors, right. or you know Led Zeppelin yeah. you, you, that you wrote for us, and uh, so he could take our our music around to the record companies mm-hmm. and get stuff happening. You know, um, yeah, we owe a lot to Sandy. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, conceptualist. Yeah. And, you know, right? Brilliant, brilliant guy. Mm-hmm. So anyway, he passed away. He had okay. aneurysm. Oh, and he okay. passed away in California at the age of seventy-two. Wow, pretty young. young. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he yeah. always was the healthiest guy. Right. I mean, you know, yeah. us guys, we're a little wacky. <laughs> <laughs> but Sandy would be, yeah. you know, chugging vitamins. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, the vitamin water and everything like that, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. All of that stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and then he had to find the best place in town to eat when okay. we were on tour. Right. He'd have these little books yeah. with all the, you know, how to find Why, the best right. food. Yeah. And we'd drive, we'd drive this side of town yeah. for the steaks. Right. We'd drive on the other side of the town for the desserts. Nice. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like... Yeah. Right. That was Sandy. Yeah. You should so do we that. Mi- we really miss him. Right. Yeah. There. Used to do that when travel for for baseball. Yeah. We'd do like a game of the week, and we'd have to hit up the best <laughs> head off the best places. Stuff. Yeah. Sometimes. Why crap? The when clubs, you can eat the best? I would do the exactly. <laughs> yeah. There's always a you know, you know, you don't go to like you know, always see like tourists when they go to Manhattan. They always want to eat place they know, so they go to like you know Applebee's or yeah. something like that, or like you know Red Lobster. It's like no, you want to go to places. Yeah. That are, uh, you know, are kind of authentic to that city, and then that's yeah, how, yeah, yeah, definitely. But like, let's you guys, you and your brother uh, Albert, just recently got inducted to the Thousand Islands uh, the Hall, Hall of Fame. Of Fame. That's, that's uh, I think awesome. everybody think it's it's the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right. but it's not. It's yeah. still, our I mean, old high school. Honor. It's a yeah. big honor. Yeah, it's a big honor. Uh, we come from a really small town right. up there in the Thousand Islands, yeah. and. Uh, they just decide to induct us into mm. their Hall of Fame this year. You know, they have a few other people that are right. famous yeah. uh, performers. Right. So, um, yeah, we're we're doing that this year. It's it's a wonderful yeah. thing. Right. No, that's great. Now, like you mentioned, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They just you know recently had their latest class. Now it's. I don't know. There are some art acts that are kind of questionable, in my opinion. Huh. Uh, it, the more they put in, the more controversy it, it, yeah. it stirs up. Right. You There's know. 215, 216. I was just reading right. a, a list of somebody's okay. opinion about right. who's really right. worth it. Yeah. And who is kind of like on the fence. fence. Right. And then there's all yeah. this other guys that are off the fence on the, you know, in yeah, the back the back right field. field. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like like a band like Rush, who I certainly... I love Rush. I'm so glad they got in, was it last year or two years ago? Yeah. But it was such a backlash against them that they didn't get in up until that point. But now, like this year, Bon Jovi. <laughs> I, I'm sure you have your opinions. I mean, they have some fun songs, but are they hall-worthy? I don't think so. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's hard to say. You know, yeah. I I don't really worry about it. Right. It's, it's it's wonderful. I get to play with Dennis Dunaway right. from yeah, Alice, Alice Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, and it was a big big right. boost for him personally. Yeah. 
Um, and he's got to do a lot of great things with Alice since then. Right. He put out a biography, which okay. wouldn't have happened right. if he hadn't been in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And um, but generally, you yeah. know, it does it doesn't really change what yeah. we're doing right. as You'll band. Still do the same it's, stuff. We right. still do the same slogging through the rehearsal, right. just right. just you know, or, yeah. or riding in the the station wagon right. up to uh, Canada. Yeah, <laughs> you know exactly. But now you and you and Albert, you know, you and and then Dennis formed Blue Coop. Yeah. yeah. How did that come about? Well, I had played with uh, Dennis and Neil Neil Smith, who okay. was the original drummer. Right. I don't know, probably for a good 10, 12 years. Uh, we we uh, we put out a couple of uh, CDs. We went to Europe. We played in yeah. Paris, France. Yeah. We played uh, shows in London right. and England. We did um, a lot of uh, conventions. Okay. Chiller conventions. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, in you, Jersey, right? I think yeah. you do some conventions. Yeah. I've yeah. been there. Yeah. yeah. So we, we, would, uh, we did a lot of that. Okay. But after about 10 or 12 years of doing this, Neil just doesn't like to play much. Okay. You know, um, so, and at the same time that he didn't want to, that Neil didn't want to play, my brother was available. Okay. And, and he loves to play. Right. He'll play anywhere. Yeah. He just, we just, and, uh, so I said, let's, let's try this. And, uh, we've gotten some really fun gigs, yeah. you know, and we actually opened for Alice Cooper a couple okay. of times. Right. Um, uh, but it's, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's more like we really are developing songs that yeah. hopefully will take us on and, you know, we right. can, we can, uh, yeah. we can, uh, pass on to our grandkids right. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they can figure yeah. out what to do with them. Right. But hopefully with the same kind of enthusiasm that we had when we wrote our original songs, you know, um, yeah, I just, yeah. Uh, I, I don't know if I should be talking about this, but I just sent six brand new songs to Blue Oyster Cult for oh, their new album. Okay. I don't know if they're using them. Right. But, you know, they have yeah. a choice, you know. Right. And all I hear from the old fans is, you know, yeah. uh, you were, you were, your style yeah. is so much like Blue Oyster Cult. Now, when I did this album, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't have that in mind. Point, in fact, just, if anything, it was yeah. just like, uh, it's kind of a retrospective right, yeah. album, you know, yeah. looking back at things that, that amused me over the years. Right, because it's definitely... It's playing history. Yeah, I'm playing with old, history. Exactly, that's how As, as our manager you'd, would do, he right. would play with history. Yeah. And... Um, but uh, I got some lyrics from John Shirley, who is a science fiction writer. Okay. He's written about 38 science fiction books. Okay. But he writes in the last yeah. uh, things that Blue Oyster Cult has put out, he writes most of their lyrics. Okay. And he's a brilliant lyricist. Yeah. So we connected online. Yeah. He started sending me some stuff. I, I think the songs are great. Yeah. But... They, if they don't see the light of day yeah. there, they'll see the light of day somewhere else. Right. Somewhere else. Right. But I'm very happy with this set of songs. Mm. Uh, brilliant, you know, mm. very socially conscious. Yeah. And, yeah, really. Uh, but, but also science fiction, fiction and what if this right. and what if that. And you throw that into a nice melody and yeah. a nice track, you know, it could be right. good. Yeah. good. I know like, your brother Albert's big into science fiction as well. Yes. And I imagine you are as too. Well, not as much as him, but right. I, I, you know, I, I'm, I sort of dabble on the okay. on the edges. Right. I love science, though. Okay. 
Uh, one of the songs on my album is called Dark Matter, which is right. the big thing in science now. about these uh, huge constellations that are all dark matter right. what's there yeah you know and you can't help but imagine you know or what happens if you get pulled into that's that right. dark matter and then you come out the other side yeah. where is the other side it's yeah. the flat yeah. edge of the earth right it's exactly <laughs> <laughs> right like, just like the table <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's that uh yeah pac-man idea you know right. you get to the edge of the table and you're on the other, the other side. side yeah. yeah it's just pac-man right uh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly except there's no ghost chasing you or maybe there are we don't know <laughs> now you, you left the band in 86 yeah. right I'm, i imagine it was good terms you just wanted to pursue other yeah, yeah i guess it was back then it was yeah. pretty good terms i i just uh was really burnt out right i'd been in the band 16 years yeah. uh uh, there were some shifting of personnel. Okay. You know, my brother left four years earlier, right. and uh, uh, Alan Lanier, our original okay. keyboardist, right. he left. Right. You know, he showed up at a session, yeah. and there was another keyboard player there, oh. and that was, that was Alan that. said, "I'm done." Yeah. You know, um, I didn't mind actually. There are a couple of bass players, the uh, yeah, other bass players on okay. some of the Blue Oyster Cult albums, yeah. but not many. Yeah. And I didn't mind. I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And I would play maybe a guitar part or something. Okay. Um, it was all in the try to get the yeah. best sound. But right. uh, so at that time, Alan had was out of the band. Yeah. And uh, I just said, I'm done. Yeah. I'm done. My last show was in um, Berlin, okay. Germany. Right. Uh, when it was split in two, right. that's that's a while ago. Yeah, and uh, I, it was cold hall. It was like no heat in the hall. Yeah. It was February. Right. I said I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, yeah. you know, I thought maybe I would get out of music, yeah. and that lasted about six months. Okay. I lost my calluses. Okay, 
Then I went to a party, someplace right. around here. Okay. A guy said, you want to yeah. sit in? I sat in yeah. at, at this party. Right. And my, my fingers were like, oh, my oh, God. God. I, I said, I'll yeah. never do that again. Right. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm never going to let my calluses we'll die, die, you yeah. know. So uh, started producing bands. Okay. And that didn't work. Right. So then I started working as a teacher in private yeah. schools. Okay. As I had my, uh, you know, degree. music yeah. teacher, uh, teacher degree. And uh, that was that was good. It was fun. Um, did a lot of different things. I think right. that's what hit me the most. It's yeah. like, I've been doing this one thing for 16 years. Yeah. It's time for a change. change. I didn't right. know what the change was going to be. You know, my my daughters were little kids. Okay. Now they're grown up, yeah. and they have kids. Kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a grand grandfather, right? And uh, so a lot of this happened in yeah. the last thirty years. Yeah. You know, uh, I got to go to Iraq. Okay. I played with uh, Orleans in Iraq. Oh, no. okay. Yeah, yeah. We played for the troops. Right. And it was like this all-star USO show. Okay. So I felt like Bob Hope. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I didn't have a golf club. club but, right. Yeah. <laughs> but but I played with the the singer from Survivor okay. and Cool and the Gang and right. Santana and yeah, nice mixture. It was, yeah. yeah, it was a nice mix for the and the and yeah. the best part right. is the uh, soldiers yeah. would get to play cowbell. <laughs> Yeah, we would Going get a different wild. soldier to come yeah. up on stage <laughs> and, and play and cowbell, cowbell on right. the Reaper. Yeah, how good was that? Yeah. <laughs> they were just right. And this was sort yeah. of at the end of the Iraq War, war. Okay. but it was still dangerous. Yeah. You know, there was there was a lot of, uh, uh, yeah, we saw yeah. a lot of nasty stuff, oh. and there was a code red one night. Okay, I mean, uh, I didn't think I was going to be scared. Right. But, you know, actually, a couple of months before yeah. the thing, they send you a contract okay. that says, uh, if you die, you cannot sue so the U.S. government. government. Yeah. <laughs> this White is a war clean. zone. Right. I said, this must be serious. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> I thought, and then when I went there, I thought, I thought we, well, we'll stay in the Baghdad Hilton, yeah. maybe play a couple shows in, right. the, in the ballroom yeah. of the Hilton. Be, no. Tent, it was on right? flatbed trucks okay. in the desert. desert. 125 degrees. degrees. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah. But, you know, what can I say? It's, right. it's a story it's really I can tell yeah. my grandkids. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And you mentioned the cowbell, so let's go there right now. Um, yeah. It's one of the, probably if not the biggest iconic um, skit in Saturday Live history. It's, it has done very yeah, well. It was, it was great. Um, how did you f first hear about it? Were you watching it live? Or did no, I didn't see it live. You? Somebody yeah. called me on the phone. Right. And uh, so I missed it the first time, and I okay. saw it on the first repeat. Right. Of course, it's been repeated yeah. hundreds of times of course, since yeah. then. Right. Um, I, I thought it was very funny. Yeah. I was like, wow, this, right. is, this is too yeah. cool. Of course, uh, Horatio Sands played me. Right. I was I was fat, but I was never you that fat. fat. <laughs> yeah. But what what can I say? Yeah. They, right. Uh, you know, Will Ferrell and, and Christopher Walken. Walken and, right. I mean, Jimmy Fallon. Yeah. Just character. Just you know, great was, characters. Yeah. You know. The good thing about that is that uh, it opened us up to a whole right. generation Absolutely. that would never have heard of Blue yeah. Oyster Cult, right. and then that. You know, it piques their interest, yeah. and then they go back and they hear the catalog, like you did. Yeah, exactly. You know? Right. That's all. It takes go back song and hear and the catalog, really and like it's it. like, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Did you guys ever play SNL? No. No. Huh? No. We never. You know, we were never great on TV. Okay. 
the the band really its heyday was in the seventies right. when we did these big you know arena yeah. stadium shows, lots of effects. Right. We had a fifty foot Godzilla <laughs> that would like yeah. come in to the uh, right. the stadium, and yeah. it was it was all a lot of fun. But putting our kind of show into a little TV set was right. Yeah, I and mean, we we got lucky with Burning for You. Right. It was a very popular video. Yeah. On uh, on MTV right. back in its heyday. When they actually played videos. Yeah, yeah when they played videos. <laughs> yeah. And so that was okay. But we did five other videos, and they never really yeah. uh, took off. Right. But it was, there was a lot of competition by that time, yeah. you know. And, you know, you got guys that look like uh, they should be in movies, you know, yeah. movie stars. Right. And then there's Blue Oyster Cult. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you enjoy making those videos that you did? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, you were in the movie business for right. a day. Yeah. <laughs> You'd be in the movie business. Right. You know, you'd have makeup people and yeah. effects people and, you know, right. and directors and yeah. assistant directors. Right. And, and uh, yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. The last yeah. one we did, the last thing I did that I really enjoyed was the making of, it was called uh, Dancing in the Ruins. Okay. And we used the set from uh, the runaway train. Right. There was a train in it. Yeah. And then there was all these, uh, which was hot at the time, was all the skateboarders okay. from California. Right. I mean, guys that were major stars. Yeah. And they skateboarded through our whole video. Yeah. <laughs> so it, it was, was cool. kind of cool. Right. I've never, I could never skateboard. <laughs> I tried to once. <laughs> landed on my ass. I'm like, that's, I'm done, you know. <laughs> I can barely walk without falling. So <laughs> now... Obviously, more cowbell. It reach a point where he just kind of got sick. Well, of it. we don't want to be, uh, a, you know, a punchline to a joke. Right. And and I think when people go back and look at the catalog of music, yeah. it's not. It's really there's yeah. serious stuff right. there, and but still fun stuff. Yeah. You know, fun, serious, romantic. Right. Yeah. Uh, we covered it, covered it all. The fourteen albums. Yeah. And of course, they've been you know repackaged and yeah, and. Uh, done very well you know the 90s were kind of quiet for blue oyster cult i mean the the 80s had peaked yeah and we were into the 90s and yeah. and there was all different kinds of music and uh it wasn't until like in 97 okay. metallica covered one of our songs it happened to be astronomy which yeah. i and my brother and sandy perlman wrote right. Susie, dear, let's take a walk. Yo. 
million CDs in, in the late 90s. And then 2000, yeah. the cowbell skit, and then everything's been up since then. Right. You know? Yeah. Because you, you guys influenced so many other bands in Nirvana. <laughs> yeah. You know? And yeah. then, like, even, like, wasn't uh, Police, you know? Yeah. Message yeah. in a Bottle. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they stole like, that from the Reaper. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> he admits it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, you know, uh, imitation, best one flattery. Uh, <laughs> but it's just like, you guys. It's so weird because I don't think you guys have ever gotten the due you really deserved. Well, you know, I, I'm sure you don't look for it. But yeah, I we mean, don't. It's just no, like, we we like I mentioned the whole I thing thought, about the. I thought if it lasted three years, right, it was a miracle. Yeah, I figured maybe we'll be as big as Moby Grape. Right, <laughs> <laughs> Moby Grape for you, yeah. out, you young folks out there was a right. group on Columbia. Yeah, they had maybe two records. I'm, I think, you know, here and gone. Yeah, you know. So, uh, yeah, I said, if this works for three years, yeah. I'd be fine. And right. what, it, what is it, 50 years? Or, right. You know, since, the, since the start of the soft wide underbelly, it's been 50, 50 years. years. And does it feel like 50 years? Uh, no, no, not really. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> maybe, maybe 30. 30, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Squeeze it down a right. little bit. <laughs> So when, a lot of other stuff has gone on right. in, in the last 30 years, you, you know, yeah. that uh, you can't count on, you know. Yeah. How can you count on in a Saturday Night Live? Right. And how can you count yeah. on, right. uh, you know, covers of your so, songs, you yeah. know, or movies that use our songs, yeah. you know. The stand right. six feet under used our yeah. song. It was a great, you right. know. What's of, of all the you know shows and like movies that kind of like had your songs? Which one's like your favorite? Stand was pretty Stand, good. Yeah, the whole the whole opening scene. Yeah, that when, was a really when good that when the start of the virus. Was, yeah, <laughs> right. 
Do you remember it was a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was yeah, the, yeah. the guy <laughs> ringing the bell and uh, stuff like that? Yeah. But you've been out of the band longer than you've been in it now. Oh, yeah. 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 I still hold the, the record for the most uh, appearances as bass player. Okay. But they're closing in behind right, me. Right. <laughs> I, and, you know, yeah. the people that, you know, have taken over... Uh, the younger guys, yeah. you know, uh, are tremendous. Chasm Sultan okay. uh, played with them for about five years. Yeah. Rudy Sarzo who's played with Ozzy. Uh, Richie Castellano is a okay, yeah. brilliant musician. I mean, you've probably seen some of his videos. Yeah. And uh, and now Danny Miranda is back okay. with them. Danny got to play yeah. with Queen. Oh, nice. So now he's playing my parts. Well, yeah. A little bit of a step got, down. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Speaking of Queen, it's like, it's amazing how they kind of endured, you know, with Adam Lambert. He's he's been really, yeah, really good. Yeah, I mean, no one can replace Freddie Mercury. Yeah, yeah, but he's, it's he's, tough. He's, yeah, he's been pretty good. Well, that. the music carries on. You yeah. know, the music carries on. You know, if it's good, people still want to hear it. Hear, yeah, I think there's less of a. I don't know what it'll be like when there is a kiss with no kiss. Right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't really want to know. No, <laughs> you know. When you were out of the band and you were teaching, did any of your students kind of know who you were or discover you afterwards? Their grandparents knew. <laughs> <laughs> Their grandparents knew. Right. Uh, uh, not really, you know, here okay. and there, once in a yeah. while. Like when The Stand came out. Okay. I was teaching yeah. in a school for dyslexic students. Okay. I was doing the... Um, uh, up in Litchfield, I was doing the video class. Okay. So, you know, of course, yeah. we had to go through oh, the whole thing yeah. about music soundtracks and videos yeah. okay. and, and how, you know, it's all yeah. put together. And, right. Yeah. Yeah. Did um, Were you teaching when the SNL skit came out? Um, no, okay. I wasn't. I was, in right. I was in between jobs. Jobs, okay. Yeah. I was in between jobs. <laughs> right. I... I I had worked in a publishing company because okay. I wrote some music education books. Okay. I wrote like five books, which have been yeah. reissued and right. <laughs> re yeah. as like 10 other books okay. now. But as soon as I found out about the, uh, the, uh, the uh, cover on the Metallica record, right. I quit my day job. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I may not get any money at all, oh, but yeah. what an honor. honor. So right. I'm quitting my day job. Yeah. You know. So I was off for a while, yeah. but, but then I got back into sort of teaching private guitar and it's, it's for me, it's really yeah. easy and I love, I love yeah. it. I loved all my private students, you know, right. and they've gone on to do great yeah. things and, my, my wife, Inspiring yeah. other musicians right. was great. My wife on my birthday just got me an acoustic guitar. Oh, I you need anything. some lessons. I need call some lessons. Me. I will definitely call you, and <laughs> you know where I live. So, no. <laughs> but yeah, but some of your solo stuff. Um, there are a few songs I absolutely love. Dark Boat. That, you know, that's a fascinating song. What was the, like, the inspiration behind that?
sliver of a moon up above Kananakui. Silver horse, barely breaking the water glass. The pond quiet, they're coming our way. There's no wind on the river, no hope in my heart, no truth to an old man's life. Well, that was written by my next-door neighbor up okay. in Thousand Islands. Right. Uh, his name is John Elwood Cook. He was like the first guy that played me a Bob Dylan record when I was a little kid. Right. And uh, so he's been writing songs yeah, up in his cottage up in the Thousand Islands. And that one specifically, his, his father had passed away, and, mm. you know, it really hit him hard. So that has references right. to, you know, his, his father, Jack Cook. Uh, and, uh, yeah, he just, and I had, we would sit on the porch and we'd be jamming this song. And then in like 2004, I was jamming it. And the same song a year later, yeah. same song. Like, this song is right. fantastic. It has to go on my album, you know. And John, being the shy guy that he yeah. is, oh, no, 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 you right. don't want this out. Yeah. Don't want it out. Right. It's so Great good. Stuff. Yeah. You know, so I snuck it past him. And when he finally heard it, he said, okay. And I think he's finally gotten yeah. around to it. Like, right. That's a great version of yeah. the song. And since then, he's done a lot of other songs, like... Yeah. Uh, for Blue Coop, he did uh, You Like Vampires, which is okay, a beautiful yeah, song. Yeah. And um, on this one, he did uh, Bad Decisions, okay, okay. which everybody has a few of those of in their, of their closet. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> so, yeah, Bad Decisions, A Written History of Misery. He's an artist as well uh, as a songwriter, wh where he does uh, uh, paintings and collages, usually around a uh, river theme, right. uh, you know, fishing and all of that stuff that's big up yeah. there you know right. he's uh but it makes his songs have a real sort of visual component you know which is really great right did he also write uh christopher walken's walking yeah. your home okay christopher walken Walk, yeah how did that come about it's just a wild know. name of song i don't know it just sticks out especially you know christopher walken being tied to the whole snl skit yeah yeah, yeah. no that was that was before i think right. I, and i don't know exactly right yeah, 
Yeah. Um, yeah, John is a genius. Uh, great guy. Great guy. Yeah. And, uh, you know, his stuff is, when he does it, it's more like Johnny Cash okay, style, right. you know, with yeah. his deep voice. Deep voice you know? right, yeah. So I have to fi- somehow that. figure out how it's going to work for me. Right. You know? And, uh, yeah. Has there ever been one of his songs that you said, I just can't do? Or Oh, yeah, I've got yeah. songs that I, you know, that I love yeah. that just don't. Well, yeah, but you never know, right? You know? Until you, you try. Never know. Yeah. I wanted to do in my later years. I wanted to do more acoustic style music. Okay. Right. Um, even my first record, I, I wanted to do my first solo album. It was going to be half acoustic and half electric. Okay. Well, it ended up being more electric. electric. I had yeah. the drummer from Leonard Skinner okay. playing with me, right? Uh, Michael Cardelloni, and. Uh, so I ended up with a lot of hard edge stuff where yeah. I, I wish it was more acoustic. Right. And this, you know, I'm still like working on that angle, yeah. you know, you know, and I think I'm, I'm think I'm getting closer, closer to it. Right. So, you know, maybe five more records. I'll yeah, right. get it uh, yeah. get it done. Yeah. Has there been anyone that you haven't worked with yet that you, you want to? Mm. 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 I got to work with Ian Hunter. Okay. From Montehoople. Right. He's he, he's a Connecticut guy. Okay. And uh, he really helped me. Yeah. Uh, we, we wrote some songs together. Okay. And I would pick him up at his house right. in New Milford. Okay. And uh, we'd drive to Neil's house in yeah. Weston. So we'd have 45 Five minutes. minutes. And yeah. he'd be giving me a songwriting, a songwriting yeah. lesson in the car. Right. Uh, every week. Okay. It was like fantastic. Right. You know. He he's he's a great guy and he wrote for Blue Oyster Cult. He wrote okay. going through the motions, right. you know. And uh I, I started getting serious about songwriting, yeah. you know, with that influence, you know. And we still got a ways to go, yeah, yet, you know. I mean Were there any songs like when you were in the band that you wrote that they said, eh, maybe not now? Lots of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Lots of them. Right. It was it it, it, it Probably one of the things that rubbed me the wrong way was yeah. that it got to be pretty political. Okay. You know, I got to have my songs, songs on the record. Right, and, right. And I, don't I got to, you, yeah. no, we don't have, you've got too many songs on the record. Yeah. So you got to leave this good one off. Right. And put, we'll put on this other one that yeah. may be questionable. Cool. Uh, when I left the band, I said, man, this is a, this is a crummy situation. Yeah. Then I'm reading about George Harrison. Okay. Same situation. Yeah. George you know, right. they, they, they gave George a hard time, right. you know. And that's George Harrison, you know. That's, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's so, uh, you yeah. know, to hear that made right. me feel, oh, okay, yeah. it happens to all bands. Yeah, right. You know, uh, I think when you first start, you don't realize that the writing of the song is a is, is like your retirement. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. like your retirement right. policy, right. you know. Yeah. <laughs> Because you play in the song. Yeah, yeah, it's it's your it's your pension, right? Yeah, Uh, and keep keep going beyond the life of the band, and you don't realize that when you started, you just want to want to get out there and play play. shows and have fun. Yeah, Yeah. that's where most of the bad decisions come from. (laughs) (laughs) Just for like people who don't know, how how important was Helen Wheels to the band? Oh, well, she was my brother's first girlfriend when he first moved to New York. Okay. You know, after he got out of college. Cal- right. He met Helen. Okay. And she was really one of those Stony Brook people. Okay. Are, you know, well-connected in that yeah. area. And uh, she started writing lyrics with uh, Albert and uh, Tattoo Vampire on our biggest okay. selling record. Was the B-side okay. of Reaper. Right. And 
Don't think yeah. that that didn't cause of, ripples. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Helen Wheels on the B side, side of yeah. Reaper. Yeah. I can't stand it. Right. <laughs> you know. Uh, but uh, then she started writing, sending me some lyrics. Okay. You know, we didn't really work side by side. Right. Uh, like I work with Dennis side by side. Yeah. We'll, we'll be in one room and right. be throwing ideas across. Yeah. She would just send me some stuff, okay. you know, like uh, Nosferatu, which was okay. a great right. vampire song. Yeah. On our big selling uh, Spectre's Spectre. album. That closed out the album. Yeah. Godzilla leading him off, yeah. She made clothes. Okay. She made costumes right. for us. Yeah. Without <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, like Godzilla, you mentioned having a fifty-foot Godzilla. Was there any kind of like a Spinal Tap? Oh kind God. Of situation. More <laughs> than you. You know, I. You know, I went to the, I went to see Spinal Tap with Dennis. Okay. Dennis Dunaway. And I figured, oh, this would be this would be kind of fun. I didn't know yeah. what I was getting into. Right. I came out. I was so depressed. I said, Oh God, this is my life. <laughs> yeah. But you know, all the sort of props that don't work, work and yeah, stuck in you the know, pod, and the, and and the stuff, changes yeah. style. Okay, I'm yeah. going to go do my jazz thing right. now. You know. Yeah. A jazz odyssey. Right. <laughs> bad decisions. Yeah. I made some bad decisions. <laughs> Now with with Reaper, uh, was that an easy song for, for the band to write and perform and come it was up all, with? It was all uh, demoed by okay. Buck Dharma. Okay, it's solely his song. He wrote right. the lyrics and the music. The demo is pretty elaborate and very detailed. Right. So it was just us going in there yeah. and um, and uh, reproducing what he had done in his basement right. on his four track and. Uh, we, I think we changed a couple of things. Maybe we took out a repeat. He was going to change the laws to something else. And we said, no, leave the laws. Everybody loves laws right. when you have laws in the song. Yeah. Um, but it was pretty much, you know, uh, Donald's uh, masterpiece in a can. He had it. He had it. And when we, we, we were on tour in Europe 
at the time. And we had our little cassettes yeah. with our demos. Right. And we'd have people from the record company in yeah. Europe come in to, like, hotel after a gig. Right. And, and we'd play some of our demos. This is what we're doing. And yeah. we'd play some of the stuff. And I'd say, oh, okay, that's nice. That's nice. And then we put the Reaper demo in. they go, oh, my God, that's good. Right. You know, so we knew. You knew it was going to be a hit. We knew. I knew. Right. I knew. And uh, so uh, I sent a postcard to uh, one of our producers, uh, one of those 3D mm-hmm. postcards. Do you oh, remember yeah, those yeah. old of 3D course, postcards? Yeah. You, you bend them bend one way and there's a naked girl. girl. Yeah. <laughs> so right. I'll send this in the yeah, mail right. <laughs> to, da- to David Lucas. So I, I said, we, we got to get David Lucas involved in this right. song because he has a knack with harmony and recording mm-hmm. a certain way. So I sent him this postcard from... London, probably, you know, to, you know, that we had this song and we needed him to produce it. So he came in and it was a a magical time. We were at the record plant in New York where John Lennon recorded and and uh, Jimi Hendrix recorded, right. and it was like a magical place. Yeah. Aerosmith was, we shared yeah. the, the, uh, the studio with Aerosmith. Okay. <laughs> They'd be doing, we'd be doing Godzilla in yeah. one studio, and they would be doing Walk This Way Wait, in another studio. Nice. <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. That's so uh, we, we knew it was going to happen. It didn't, it came out like in the spring, but it didn't hit till October. So it took a few months, but once yeah. it started rolling, all the shows changed, right. you know, from half-empty halls to, like, yeah. sold-out, packed houses. Yeah. And girls came to see us, right. okay. which was so strange. Right. <laughs> Power of a hit record. Yeah, totally. And that, that song, just like, when you just hear it, even on the radio, it's like, it just makes you happy. Yeah, I don't know, you know what it is. Yeah, it's just like, oh, man. It's yeah, like, I mean, strap in for the next, just you know, put, five, six put minutes. Toge- it's put together well. You yeah, know? it's like a, it's, it is. It's a perfect rock song. Yeah, and know? it's it strange. It evolves. Yeah. It, it, you know, you think you, ah, oh, I got it figured out. Yeah, no. Then you hear it again, and you're like, no, I don't have right. it figured out. Yeah. You know. Just like the, in the middle, it was just like, it came out of nowhere. And was that like, was there any like big changes to the song? Or just well, like, say in the middle of that yeah. song. He had a bass line that went in counter motion okay. to the lead, and I said, "No, I'm going to play. Yeah. I'm going to play on it, make it heavier like Zeppelin." Okay. Uh, so I changed the bass part just slightly. Yeah. Not much else, you know. Right. Like I said, just uh, if I could find six notes that right. I added to the song, that would be a thing. Yeah. So, no, it's all Donald. Right. Donald's okay. a genius. Yeah. <laughs> he's, uh, you know, he's still out there playing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Six, eight shows a month. Right. You know, with young guys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Younger and prettier. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They don't have this, uh, they don't have this uh, Kenny Rogers thing going yeah, on. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. I, when I, when I throw mine, I have that too. It's like, oh my God. Yeah. It used to grow somewhere now when I'm out of top. <laughs> but do you, you enjoy performing when you go out there? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Every huh? time. Every time. Yeah. It's, a, it's difficult. I was just rehearsing it yesterday. Okay. I, I have I have to rehearse that song. First of all, I right. played the bass on it. Right. I probably wouldn't rehearse it so much if I was just playing bass. But I have to play all the guitar parts. They're really yeah. hard. And it's one of those things where there's always something coming at you. Okay. It's like, yeah. you know, you got this part, you got that yeah. part, you got that. You got to remember right. the words. You yeah. know, the words change everything. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like a regular chorus where you sing the same chorus all right. the time. You know, and uh, it's really, uh, uh, when it comes off, 
absolutely perfect. It's 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 really an achievement. Right. But you know, and and I I, I get that same feeling. It's just like when you're listening to it when yeah. I'm playing it, yeah. it changes to me. You know, like right. what what does that last verse mean? You know, uh, yeah. you know. Came the last night of sadness. Oh, yeah, I know. I was like, what? it's it, to me. I, it's like the, it's like when they come at the end of Darby O'Gill on Little People, okay. and the ghost comes in on the right. in the carriage. Yeah. You probably don't know that. No, so I don't. But that's uh, that was Sean Connery's first movie for okay. Disney. Okay. And the carriage comes in, and it's like the Reaper, right. and it takes them, carries them off, and you know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So when you put when you play that song live, what do you play the guitar? Do you play the bass? Now I play the guitar. guitar okay. Yeah. Um, right, lately, I've been actually teaching the lead guitar part right. to my girlfriend, who's okay. a very good guitar player. Right. Uh, more of an acoustic player. She studied yeah. for years with Dave Van Rock, a famous okay. folk uh, artist. And uh, so I play rhythm. Yeah. And she's playing the lead. It's okay. not easy. Right. <laughs> it's not easy. Yeah. You know. Um. But I've I played it all. I played it with the trio. I played mm-hmm. it with the full band. I played it with yeah. the all star band in, in in Iraq, and yeah. you know, it's uh, it's it's always a challenge to to play that song. But it's so yeah. so, right. it just makes you feel so good to play it. You know. Yeah, no, it's it's yeah, still, it's such a great song. Yeah. It's, it's now, one of my favorite song. Another one of my favorite songs. Your solo act is Perpetrator. Yeah. Yeah, awesome. Was that written by you? Was that also No, uh, that's John Cook. John, okay. John, John Cook wrote that up. Um, yeah, it popped up on my second solo album. Avengers chase a killer through the streets Against an open sky High upon the ridge they meet Sheets of bullets fly
mm-hmm. just has a, has a good shelf life, and geez, you know, it's a, it's a cowboy yeah. story of the good yeah. guys and the bad guys, yeah. you know, and the the cowboys are hiding in the rocks, oh, yeah. all slinging lead. Right. John has finds these uh, terms that would be like in old cowboy movies, yeah. and I don't know which one he. He never tells me the right. secrets, <laughs> the real secrets. But that's another one that has yeah. a lot of like you, you you perform it and you start thinking, oh, what's he really mean here? Yeah. You know, he's finally got his due. The man with mm-hmm. big strides right. has yeah. finally got his due. Right. You know, you, that could fit into a lot of different things. Yeah, and then also another one with Heart of Wine. Heart of Wine. Actually, that is Richard Meltzer, who is one okay. of the Stony Brook guys. Right. Um. I wrote that. I was thinking of Ramones. Okay. I, I got to make this punk. Yeah. I wrote that. I had this lyric. Uh, sometimes the lyrics like end yeah. up in a box. Okay. And then they end up in my attic. Uh, yeah. And then somehow they get from my attic to my it's studio. Okay. And they're just lying around there. Yeah. And these, this was one of those lyrics. Okay. Heart of Wine. I love it. Yeah. You know, it's, I think I said uh, when I first got it, I said, uh, you know, I can't. I can't do this. This is, this is about old people. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, it's in my, my studio. studio. I'm like, perfect. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Do you like ever have like writer's block? All the time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, that was a miracle. That album. Okay. <laughs> that that the the fifth solo album. I think because right. I wrote the most I ever wrote. Uh, uh, you know, intentionally, and I think each one of the songs has a good sort of. Uh, substance to them. It's not yeah. like I'm writing just, yeah. you know, stuff, disposable right. stuff. Um, I don't know. I I was told by Ian Hunter, mm. you got to put the time in. If you right. don't put the time in, yeah. it's just not going to jump out of the air at you. Right. You know, so, you, you know, set aside the time. I've been to his studio and he's got... Like uh, folders okay. stuck on the wall, right. and each one of the folders is a song, yeah. unfinished song. Songs. Yeah, and he has this sort of yeah. method of working. He doesn't like a schedule. Okay. No schedule. Right. But he, yeah. you know, that in his mind, he's yeah. like compartmentalized all of these songs, yeah. and he, and he, at, at the age of seventy something, right. mid seventies, yeah. he's still coming up with great, great ones. Songs. You know, yeah. he puts the time in. Okay. Well, also now is really no, no schedule, no time like frame. You can just release it when you want yeah, to. Yeah. And which kind of now that I'm bad. retired, yeah. I w- the question is, yeah. can I wear my pajamas to the store? <laughs> I, I've seen it all, so yes, you can. <laughs> as long as you wear, you know, some kind of yeah. footwear, you'll be all right. You know, you go no barefoot. Shoes, no, no sh- service. Yeah, exactly. Pajama pants. <laughs> that, that's totally fine. <laughs> now, like when you. Th- uh, what's called uh, playing history had uh, ten songs on it. Now, mm-hmm. do you kind of go in saying, "I want to record ten songs for this album," or it's just like you record great songs and, and I've tried you, all, you pick and choose from? I've, yeah, I, I've tried to pick great songs. Right. Uh, I think I ended up with these ten because it really did fit right, and mm-hmm. uh, um, um, I, I put out albums with like fifteen or sixteen right. songs and. It just yeah. it's too long. It's like a it's like going out to dinner, yeah. and you you order a five course meal, and they bring a nine course, course. meal. Yeah. Are you gonna go back and eat there? Well, you might. You but, might. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like 
overfeeding yourself. Right. You know, just do it. You know, yeah. a, a great album has got a nice balance, and you, when you get to the end, you want to go back to the beginning. So uh, you have to be, you have to like, sometimes you have to leave off a couple of uh, your pet songs. Right. But I think I'm, I'm probably committed to doing a lot more yeah. uh, albums in the future. Right. So if something doesn't make it here, they'll make yeah. it someplace else. If, right. it, if it's de deserving, you, right. know, you know. Now you have like, I'm sure you have all these great songs that haven't made it, but would they, each album kind of have a theme? Is that what, what you kind of go, go towards? Like this one mm -hmm. kind of felt like early, you know, yeah, looking cult. back at the, yeah. the Oyster Cult, you know, uh, some of the touring things that, you know, we did. Uh, I don't know, just, uh, yeah, I don't I don't really think of the theme until it's done. Right, okay. But that one, uh, when I said playing history, which is the first line of the first song, yeah. and I was going to put a clock on the cover, but it actually, uh, I went to a design company, right. and they came up with this uh, sundial. Okay. It's actually a sundial. Yeah. So, yeah. Mm. and I said, right. I don't care about the uh, the cover of the album. Yeah. As long as it makes a good T-shirt. Right. <laughs> What's your size? Yeah, exactly. I'll send you one. Uh, definitely. <laughs> Double XL. <laughs> and you mentioned a clock because um, it's funny. I was reading some of the like, schools now are going to be eliminating the analog clocks off the wall. Oh, wow. Which, I don't know. Because everything now is digital, of course. But it's just like, really? I mean, it's... It's, you always look the big hand, the small hand. It's kind of. I remember in school, it's always what you looked at. So it's a digital get, clock on the wall now. I, I think they're starting no the process to like switch them, mm. which weird. Yeah, I don't know why, but you know, it's just it's another thing in the past they're trying to get rid of. But <laughs> but you guys, uh, blue blue coop. You guys have any uh, shows coming up? Uh, we're doing uh, a few shows this summer. Okay. Actually, we're going up to Ottawa oh, nice. for a private event. Okay. Uh, should be a lot of fun, right? You know, and uh, yeah, not you know, it's not a, a there. Dennis has been playing with Alice, so it's kind of they hard do to get this guys. Uh, yeah. the OGs, okay. the old guys, okay, the OGs, <laughs> yeah, uh, where they come out and they do the encore, and right. they did that in England, and yeah. um, um, I don't know, there may be some other things that he has, he has yeah. those obligations, okay, which are. Of course, right. prioritized. Yeah, of course. Uh, but we uh, will be playing around. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You and have to come and see us. Yeah, absolutely, definitely. And then you and Albert performing. Yes, we're soon, doing right? the Bouchard Brothers songs and yeah. stories. Right. Which is a great, uh, a great uh, look back, back at our beautiful history, history right. of songs. Yeah. Now, like, I'm sure you guys, being brothers, you know, both personally and professionally, have kind of butted heads, you know, a few times, right? <laughs> few times. Yeah. <laughs> Now, professionally, how has that like been? I mean, oh, you guys pretty have good. Been great. You know, I mean, pretty so you good. Playing, but you know, um, yeah, pretty good. It, mm -hmm. he, he's a tremendously uh, creative guy. Uh, probably uh, responsible for most of the arrangement things okay. that we did in the early days. Right. And uh, uh, so, when we don't work together, it, there's there's something missing. Yeah. And uh, right now we're we're in the middle of rehearsing an album, okay. and it's going to be great. Right. We found some things that uh, sort of slipped by the cracks, <laughs> and I said, "Wow, this is great. Yeah. We got to do this." Um, and yeah, so uh, yeah, but we've had our differences, and you know, yeah. 
you know, what can I say? We're excited about our induction into the Thousand Islands Hall of Fame right. next week. and oh, That's great. Yeah. We'll be uh, playing a few songs for the old fans right. and their kids. And their kids. And, and their the grandkids. grandkids. Yeah. <laughs> that's good. Now, when you guys, like, you each have your solo projects, do you ever call... You call him or he calls you, kind of pick his brain or something yeah. like that? Yeah. Actually, m- more often than not. Yeah. Uh, I'll say, I'll, I'll put like a, maybe some songs on SoundCloud yeah. or I might put them up on a Dropbox oh, and, right. he, and he'll give some suggestions. Yeah. He's, he does the same for, thing for his solo albums. Okay. He's got two solo albums. Right. And he would send like, and I'd say, oh, don't cover this, but do that. You know, yeah. this one's really good. That's, yeah. you know, I'll tell him what the best is. Right. And then he can take it from there. Okay. Things like that. Right. You know. Yeah. That's great. But Joe, I mean, this, this has been such a treat for me. I really appreciate it. Well, it's all great being here in the kitchen. Yeah. I'm sorry I didn't make you a meal. You know, I didn't go food shopping yet, but um, playing history is out. Everywhere. Well, good luck it. with the podcast. I really I re- appreciate I've, I've it. listened to quite a few. Thank and, you. Uh, yeah, it didn't I scare probably, you off. So. <laughs> no, no, it was good. It was good. And uh, it's a, it's like the coming thing. Yeah. So absolutely. you're on the you're on the cutting edge. Oh, yeah. I'm definitely definitely there. But, Joe, once again, thank you. Go you're get uh, Playing History. And yeah. um, congratulations. JoeBouchard.com is the website. Okay. And I'm, I, I know you're on uh, Facebook, everywhere. Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, everywhere. MySpace. I don't know. Yeah. MySpace anymore. It's but. Uh, Joe Rockstar on Twitter. Okay. And uh, Astronomy Joe B on yeah. Instagram yeah. and Joe Bouchard on Facebook. Yeah. Do you enjoy all the social media stuff? Oh, I'm diving into it. Yeah. I, I don't know if I enjoy it. I, I can't wait to get off the grid. Yeah. Move to the big island of Hawaii. <laughs> that would be nice. And then hope that, that, that the. the yeah. uh, the uh, the house doesn't burn up. <laughs> well, yeah, oh my God, I know, right? Okay, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Eat, eat spam and live the life there. <laughs> yeah, I guess. I yeah. no, you know, it's yeah. it's it's part of the the process. Right. In this day and age, you know, yeah. you dive into social media and hope that uh, you know the Russians don't hack you. <laughs> Exactly. Or maybe they have already. We don't they know. Have. Yeah. They have. Yeah. Yeah. Because they those things to the music. Well, I go to my website. Yeah. You know, which is a little JoeBouchard.com. Yeah. And I looked into Google Analytics, right. and I went down there. Yeah. And last year, some Russian company mm-hmm. yeah. left, you know, Donald Trump for president. president. <laughs> and I'm thinking, what's that doing in my, my yeah. website? Right. Who do they care? Yeah. Right. I, uh, you know. Yeah. It really, I was. It was like, what the heck Hell, is this? Right. And usually, it's the uh, the you know the, the cam girls, you know, <laughs> topless, you know, <laughs> at the other end. <laughs> Russian singles. Yeah, there you go. Right. <laughs> I don't. I never click on those. Oh no, you don't want no, to. Yeah. No, you know, you you end up in the rabbit hole. Yeah, totally. You lose all the stuff you recorded. And Bad decisions. Yeah. <laughs> there, there you go. <laughs> thank you so much, Joe. Hey, thank you. And a special thanks to Joe for stopping over. You can follow Joe on Twitter at Joe Rockstar. The website's JoeBouchard.com. Check out all his solo albums, his latest playing history, as well as all the great Blue Oyster Cult albums. You can follow me on Twitter at the first TheFirstNoel19. Be sure to like the page We're Living My Youth on Facebook. You can go to iTunes. You can check out all the past episodes we've had with all the great guests. 
While you're there, please rate and review the show. Special thanks to everyone who's listening. I can't do it without you guys. And we're going to close the show with what we talked about a lot during this interview, Bad Decisions. Decisions will die with my mind.